0: This morose motherfucker dragged in. You are watching U.S. Comics Cast. 60 Minutes, mm-hmm. two topics for the people. I am your host, your co-founder, and the COO of U.S. Comics. And I'm joined, as always, by the infamous...
1: this son of a bitch. He always tries to steal my <laughs> intro. He just steps all over it. I am the... Irreplaceable, nay unstep overable John Rivera, the CEO, the co-founder of US Comics, the co-host, no one cares what you're drinking, the co-host <laughs> of US Comics Cast, and I have the luxury of being joined, yeah, all the time by Charlie, but now by the lusciously quaffed genius. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Slow down. Who says I'm talking about you? Look at the uh... assumption. Ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by none other than Mr. Jordan Hugh. Jordan, man, welcome oh, to the show. Thank
2: you. I'm gonna put lusciously quaff genius uh, as my keywords on Tinder now, yeah. so now yeah. people will know. <laughs> it, thank you for that.
0: It works. Well, it works for plenty of people in the past. George Clooney, <laughs> Val Kilmer. It was just them sure. two. But mm-hmm. I fit. I fit right
2: in, in there. Yeah, third. great. I've always said yeah.
0: you're like the Val Kilmer uh, of our generation.
2: Oh, thank you for that. Yeah, I i (laughs) great. (laughs) Cool. I'll take it.
1: He's played Batman before. So right off the top, you you can't you can't deny him.
0: (laughs) Um, Let me start us off the way that we should always start off. You. There, I see you people in the upper right-hand corner of my screen. I see how many people are in this room, and yet I see one like. Let's change that. Let's make sure Jordan feels welcome. Let's hit that like button. I'm seeing the hands fly. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on all of our social media. It's at US Comics HQ. Go to wherever you can listen to podcasts and follow US Comics Cast. You silly bastards! Do because it. Do you it. Need to do it does this show
1: that was a that was a solid stay, save on Charlie's profanity well done we, we do have to mention naturally uh this episode as all episodes uh our tremendous introduction by none other than bad Mary themselves um having Jordan with us now Jordan uh obviously again I don't want I, I don't want to downplay your uh your appearance with us but I do want to make the announcement that we will actually be having the baddest of Marys themselves joining us, or at least uh, a good portion of it, like a 50% Bad Mary, like, eh, not so Bad Mary. Uh, we will be having two of the four uh, members of Bad Mary in general.
0: I, I won't tell you Even which ones, they will be here. It's <laughs> a terrible bad name, but Bad Mary is a dope bad
2: name. Would I you- have a Bad Mary keychain within arm's reach right Respect. here. I've got, I've, I'm a Bad Mary maniac. I've got maniac merchandising right <laughs> here.
0: <laughs> that's the freaking <laughs> um, way to do
1: before, it. Before Charlie runs us off the cliff, I do want to also mention our it. one legitimate sponsor, uh, the Sergeant Finesse on U- uh, on Facebook Gaming. Uh, definitely check out his, his game page. Uh, it's tremendous. His his uh, The followers grow week and week and week. Um, and and it's for a good reason. People people go, they go back. So uh, do yourselves a favor and check that out, especially nowadays where nobody has anything of any value to do. Do yourself a <laughs> favor, check out the Sarge. But um, you know, typically Jordan and I, I know I know you watch the show religiously. Um, where this is the point in the show, i watch show. more than
2: you think I do. I've seen quite a bit.
1: <laughs> You're the guy. Uh, t- typically, Charlie and I like to pretend to check in with each other as if we don't talk constantly, um, but that's a lie. It, I think we all know why. I'm lying. texting them right now. Be, <laughs> the, the, I think of the viewership and the listenership. Um, they want to know what um, the, the the chief creative officer of U.S. Comics has been up to in this quarantine disaster that we've been living in. Please, please catch us up to date.
2: So in my alter ego life, I'm a high school English teacher, so uh, most of my days are filled up teaching online. Uh, I have some students that are interested, and I have some students that are uh, not as interested, but I'm trying to cater to all types. Uh, we're doing a lot of plays right now because it's something we can all watch together and comment on, so we're doing a lot of theater study. And then I also do that with my, my theater classes as well. Uh, in terms of leisure time, I've kind of rediscovered the Bioshock uh, video game series and decided not only did I need to play through those, but I needed to win score, whatever, every (laughs) achievement that is available in all of those games and all of those spinoffs. And, uh, that sounds like, Oh, no big.
0: It does sound like no big deal.
2: Platinum fees, Oh, it just takes for, it's a, that's a really (laughs) tough series too. It really is. You know what? I've
1: actually, um, I've, Dipped the toe into something very similar, and I had similar Jordan-esque aspirations with Red Dead Two. Oh, great game! Um, I said, you know what? I'm gonna go through. First, I'm gonna be the baddest cowboy to ever <laughs> cowboy up in high heels. Stabbing
0: puppies and shit. You monster! I'm gonna. I
1: mean, I'll just be doing shit for no good reason at all. Uh, but I am going to. I'm going to get to a hundred percent completion. Um, for the first time in my life, and uh, I got about half of an introductory mission into where I was giving money to the poor and I'm crossing all ladies across the street. I don't have it in me, much to Charlie's I disbelief. I don't have it in me to be to play full black hat in any aspect, even false Same. life. I just I, I can't do it. Um, also, what I can't do is come anywhere close. To 100% completion on, on that fucking game. Um, I got generously, I got to about 60% before I found myself in the final shootout. Spoiler, he dies. Uh, I, got to, I got to that final shootout and I was so, I was fucking furious. I'm like, no, I've got so much to do with my digital life. What a waste, but... But tuberculosis always wins. <laughs> it does. If Tombstone it wins, taught yeah. us nothing, it's that tuberculosis always wins.
0: So just to put a final <laughs> nail in this conversation coffin, where I call myself Bizarro John because he's oh, the good guy. I, I played Red Dead Redemption. The first thing I did was shoot up a town just like on instinct. So I go <sighs> trying to play the white hat. But it's boring as hell. In, in fucking Westworld, I absolutely would just rape and pillage the minute it became an. I'm like, there's a train? Might as well rape this train because Charlie, it's a
1: robot we're still train. In the train station, in the real world. Like, you haven't even we're not seen there a fucking... yet. No, we're we not just...
2: yet. You don't have a hat yet.
0: Don't need one. Oh. Don't need one.
1: You're wearing tight pants. That's as close as you are to actual cowboy status.
0: I'm (laughs) literally just like, you're probably a robot. Bonk over the fucking head. And it's John and Jordan who came with me. But that's enough of a goddamn intro. You nerds playing video games while I'm just screaming at uh, black sails because I fucking don't know how to do the boat driving. I just always explode my own boat. I try to ram stuff. They say don't ram it, but I ram it. Much! That's just
1: how I drive.
0: Much like the way I treat the entirety of my life. So I don't know if there was anything that made me HBO just launched its new platform, HBO Max. There's all sorts of news, but it made me really think about HBO as a whole. HBO has consistently been this magic mirror into uh, some of the best long-form storytelling I've new- ever oh, witnessed. Sorry, no. Also that. I, um, I
1: thought you were talking about West world
0: Westworld, uh, Sopranos, curb your enthusiasm the wire the wire the 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 amounts of the amount of hours i've spent if john just spent a hundred hours playing cowboy being the nicest cowboy in the west i have dumped three or four years of my life into this content and now we're getting shows like uh Harley Quinn, because no one's watching the DC app. So like, we'll take Swamp Thing. We'll take whatever you're willing to give us. It had me think about what HBO show, from week to week, was I most um, desperate to see the next chapter, and I hmm. landed on a on an answer that kind of surprised me because it's it just came Sex out last year. It wasn't Sex in the City. Although oh. I did used to use the fact I had HBO and access to Sex and the City to have sex in my parents' basement. Um, well, there you go. Oh, <laughs> and it was, was on just John's a predator, side. Predator, sir. So, uh, it had me land on Watchmen. Watchmen. Ooh, yes. Was this yeah. series yeah. that I completely wasn't expecting to be nearly what it was? And in my opinion, I think it's the it's probably the best single season of a show i've ever witnessed and it was obviously because damon lindelof went into it with a very clear plan Mm. jordan i know you agree with us because we've had the conversation in private but john and i always talk about launching a project without a map of where you want to go and Mm. where you're starting is suicide every disappointing thing we've ever seen fall off the rails has been because they're like, well, we want to go from A to Z, but maybe they didn't plant uh, EDF. Maybe they just didn't even think about Z. It was going to be four seasons. Now it's 30 seasons. Damon Lindelof did one of the bravest things ever, in my opinion, and that was he said, this is the show. This one season is what I'm going to do. And when they got to the end of that season and they ended it on this miraculous Moment, I'm not going to spoil it because if you haven't watched Watchmen, please do so now. You get 14 days free. The cowboy
1: also dies in that one. Just yeah, I will spoil it. John, just scooch
0: a little to your left. There you are. You're perfect. Don't Um, tell me what. Sorry. So what's amazing about Watchmen is also the most frustrating thing. He got to the end and he was like, all right, bye. But (laughs) this this genius creative mind built a world. And that world existed before episode one, and it exists now after the last episode. But something very interesting happened uh, just a couple days ago. He was being interviewed, and he said, I'm sick of this question about Watchmen season two. I'm not going to do it. I would not touch this material unless I had as strong or a stronger idea for it than I had for season one. And it took 30 years Mm for me to find uh, a way to tackle this material that was rewarding and challenging. But, and this is is the big ol' booty in the room now that HBO Max is launched, he said he would help facilitate another creative vision Mm. if they came on board and had a good idea for season two. He'd be more than on deck to help. And it just got me salivating. Over this idea, you
1: really know- though, because l- l- let me ask you this, and and obviously we, we want to get our the guests involved. Um, to a certain degree, when you put something up on a shelf, when, when you close that book, when you you know when the final credits roll. Um, matter of fact, I I'm I'm a huge fan of after a particular flick, when you get that like that, just a dynamite. Just dynamite trope where they kind of say what the characters uh, went on to do or not do or who died when. Like that's that's a punctuation to me. That's that's saying, look, we hope you enjoyed the show. This is it. We're not gonna revisit that. So if you loved that particular thing, you now can love it forever. There, no one's gonna come around. And kind of uh, leave a bad aftertaste in your mouth. That's just for me, but but Jordan, we'll hand it off to you. How do you how do you feel as a uh, also having loved the uh, the that first season or that series season period?
2: So in in the macro, I tend to really enjoy when something exists as a standalone one-off item. I I mm-hmm. love those things because because they're finite. Uh, it gives you the impression that. The thing lasts forever in perpetuity and I don't have to factor in how a sequel, prequel, reboot, remake, whatever is going to make me feel about that thing. That said, if Damon Lindelof is uh, uh, to support or to facilitate uh, a new project that spins off of his and he feels confident about it, that excites me. I think there were a lot of uh, there, there certainly weren't dangling threads, but there were a lot of good jumping off points that they could take from that first and only perfect Watchmen season and take that. Uh, somewhere else. I think, you know, without spoilers, Sister Knight's story might be told, but there were a lot of really good characters in there that were really well developed that they can take Mm -hmm. and do something with. In particular, uh, Tim Blake Nelson's Looking Glass was a great character and Little Fear of Lightning might be the best episode in that series. Um, Or they could maybe do something with um, Ozymandias. But uh, there's there's really a lot of really good stuff in there that they could use. And um, it really was a terrific uh, season of TV. It was really great. It was, uh, d- debatably,
1: I guess, it was perfect in the sense that um, the bo- looking at it, you know, with its bookends on, uh, like episode by episode, I-, I think all of us did kind of the same thing, texting and calling and, you know, skywriting. Oh, did you see this? Did you see that? Uh, one of the big things that was uh, key to m- to my love for uh Westworld particularly season 1 and season 2 season 3 eh, not so much yeah, yeah um I know, I know. but the the big things were these and and Jordan Jordan and I particularly uh, spent a lot of time doing this and then I what I would do is I would take the best of Jordan's theories and then reach out to Charlie and pass them off as my own <laughs> I'm like oh you know what, Jordan I mean I think um, <laughs> it was just so much fun kind of playing inspector gadget in that sense um, but, and, and Westworld is a good example of it. You can, the, the, the aftertaste effect, um, really can, can roll in. Uh, personally, I don't believe looking at Westworld as an example that they already had an idea of where, what that finish line would look like, which can be problematic. It, What's well, the, it's the George Lucas effect. Oh, I knew what was going to, no, you didn't because they were playing fucking tongue, <laughs> they were doing the tongue tango. You would never do that. I mean, there's one of maybe 50 examples. Why I know that no chinned motherfucker was lying through his teeth. But when you, <laughs> when you, when you put something out there into the world and it's here, it is you know in its completion. Um, you you, you No one's ever going to come back and say, "Oh, well, you know what? Didn't make sense. This, that, and the the other thing." Personally, as a creator, um, that reeks to me of. Eh, shut up, kid. Why don't you go grab me a coke and I'll time you and see. And like, that's just a—it's a very good way, to my ear, of ending the conversation, leaving them with a little kernel of a, you know, of 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 a possibility of what they want the answer to be, without forcing you to smack them across the face and shake them and say, "I fuck." How many times do I have to tell you, You no, motherfucker, get out. I got some other shit. Why don't you tell me about Lost, like? There are other sure. conversations, you know, I, but, I don't know. But I'm going to
0: call, I'm going to throw a flag on the play and, and we finally have a rational mind, as long as he winds up agreeing with me, but we finally have a <laughs> rational mind to to break the tie. This isn't part one of Jack or shit. This is the second <laughs> chapter of now a two-part story. We have the amazing book, the award-winning book. Now we have this amazing television show you're telling me that it doesn't it doesn't even flutter your heart a little bit that maybe there's someone who has a two and a half hour movie that would take place in the watchman universe to to add to this story creatively it's like fuck yes bring it on
2: i'd be all for it I would be I, two to I, John, one, I know, motherfucker.
1: Thanks for joining us no, this no, week. Uh, now wait, wait we have a second. To lose him and John. Uh...
2: John. Now, John I, I know what I know what you're afraid of, and actually it's it's funny that Damon Lindelof's name is kind of uh, the 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 key name in all this because of course Lost is one of the great examples of a series that maybe had the uh, end in sight but no idea how it was going to get lost. there. Uh, and, and you know all four play. What still, the fuck still... was that smoke monster? God damn it! Yeah, we don't we don't know. Um, but but uh, with with that in mind, I, I I would I would side with Charlie on this. In that uh, these are all completed things. It, it's almost more an anthology effect. John, I think the thing that you're afraid of is, uh, and and all of us are writers here, so we know this to be true. The Scheherazade effect, which is, I'm just going to keep telling you new stories every day so you don't kill me, and the stories have no purpose but to prolong the thing which is my life. In this case, any creative project. But Damon Lindelof has well learned his lessons from the past days of Lost, and if you take a look at his newer projects like The Watchmen, or especially Left The Leftovers, Leftovers. which was another of the greatest yeah, HBO probably shows. Probably
1: the best, best um, good. Um,
2: he knows how to tell now a succinct story that has arcs and has meaningful things that end. And I would be excited for another Watchmen project, not just because of the possibilities that were presented in this newer show, but because I think if he is sponsoring it, he knows that it's going to be another finite entry. Um, and, and I think it's going to be something that's anthologized. Each season will have its own beginning and end, without the need to continue. And I think that's a good step forward.
1: Well, if if it's going to be uh, like a, if it's going to be a season after season. Um, situation, then, you know, l- we talk about this in the context of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the way that d- they better be a sponsor, man, because Charlie is pushing. Whew, um, That's great. Where, where, uh, John Favreau's, John Favreau came along. He kind of set the template of, look, this is what works. This is how it should look. This is how what the structure of the particular story should be, and and largely the the most successful Marvel movies that came afterwards, the ones that did follow the template were the most successful ones. So if you're going to come along and you're going to, uh, you know, going to hand me something that stamped Watchmen season two. Uh, and it's not specifically coming coming from uh, uh desk, then you better, like you better very much follow that uh, that blueprint that he's written for you, uh, because that's what people are showing up for. Because look, you know, Watchmen. There are those of us who who love the comic. There are those of us who were okay with the movie. Uh, there are those that hated the movie.
2: I actually loved um, the Snyder movie. I think it was I great. I had
1: no problem at all with it. Not, not at all. some
0: irony, but it was still well, a near I, impossible again, task. It's, uh, yep. it's it,
1: it, you know, and we've had this conversation also. Just because something is based on something doesn't mean that that's, the, that that's what, what you're getting. You're getting a movie that was based on or, you know, whatever the uh, whatever the example might be. But it is its own thing. You know, it, it has to be standalone. You can't see a movie that's mediocre, but the book is fantastic, and then love the two the same. It, it just doesn't work that way. So someone would have to come along, you know, with a season two. Yeah, with exactly the same template. It needs to have a a, a beginning, middle, and end. Uh, maybe it's even a situation where you're meeting entirely new characters, but they just happen to exist within this world where all these things have happened and. The, the the playing field has been set. I mean, look, I, I you know, I'm talking tough about it. Obviously, I'm gonna <laughs> fucking watch. It, <laughs> well, know? that's what else do I want to I, I
0: wanna know emotionally? What's the difference? Because I happen to know for a fact that 50 percent of the U.S. comics band, uh, that is Bad Mary, 50 uh, percent of them says don't ever touch that season. But each of us, at least in this room, and I'm sure those of the of everyone listening has. Uh, examples that prove the rule and examples that disprove the rule because if you were to tell me that the mandalorian season one is all of that story i would ever get i would drive to jordan's house (laughs) smack him around drive to jersey try to smack john around but He'd probably know how to beat me up despite his advanced age. So what is it about something like Star Wars?
1: Sorry, Charlie, we're going to have to let you go for today's episode.
0: So what is it about a franchise like Star Wars that seemingly gets infinite tries, right? It's In my opinion, Star Wars at this point has had more misses than hits for me cinematically. Versus something like, let's say, Judge Dredd, which had two bites at the apple, and then everyone was like, "Ah, let's give up on this for the foreseeable future. And again, is that a fair comparison? No, probably not. But both have legions of diehard fans. Both have people calling for new uh, live-action adventures, and have other people saying, like, nope, either two strikes were out, or in the case of Star Wars, seven strikes, they're out. Um, what, and I'll kick it to Jordan first, yeah, because, Jordan frankly, John is, again, much older than me, so he needs time to process thoughts. <laughs> so, Jordan, what's the difference? What's What's a franchise that you would want resurrected versus one that you want them to just goddamn stop?
2: Um, this is a complicated question. I know. I actually, and I'm going to bring up something that I, I don't think um, people are uh, very forward about. And it is just that some properties are more sacred and they're more special and they're more protected than others. Like when you hear they're making another Star Wars movie or another TV show, you say, well... That's what they do. They just they will they will produce anything and they'll just they'll just do another one. When it's something like Watchmen, Watchmen is special. There's there's something guarded about it. It's like protected materials, both because of how Alan Moore has expressed his Basically, his disdain for society and his <laughs> using of his work as anything other than its Hair original
1: cuts. form. There's a lot of shit
2: he doesn't like. Um, but but really, there's a lot of stuff like that. Especially, you know, what's another great example with a with a creator that's a little more friendly is Neil Gaiman's Sandman series. People feel like those books are special and they are. and thus it's harder to make an adaptation that is satisfying out of something like that. Whereas something like a Star Wars, because it has so many offshoots and so many different directions it can go in, you know, it, it, I, I think it has to do with how guarded or how special something is and how how much of a thing there is. there There is this uh, quantity versus quality effect for sure. Um, Charlie, I think an aspect of your question that was interesting was, you know, when does something deserve to have a spinoff? When does it deserve or when is it warranted to have a preboot, a requel, a remake, whatever? I'm going to offer something else that you guys do on this show a lot. Rather than trying to put a sequel or a remake or a reboot to everything, uh, I think they need to kind of reinvest in things that didn't go well the first time went well the first time do it take a movie you know like a constantine or a silent hill or uh any of those movies where you're like you can see the potential just steaming off of it and no one does anything with it because it didn't do well at the box office but these are uh, amazing amazing properties that deserve a second chance at life uh watchman could work but again only because it would be carving out probably a new path for itself
1: you, you know what you i I completely agree with you, Jordan, while um, you know talking about the 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 specifics of the particular property, uh, it's funny that Charlie mentions Star Wars because I regaled him no no uh actually it was I mean literally hours ago um uh, my my fingers are still cramped up uh, and again, this is not hubris. I don't want it to come across as like any kind of Uh, John's, you know, he's losing it a little bit. No. I literally wrote for Charlie in text (laughs) the greatest Star Wars trilogy that anyone has never seen. It is so good. If
0: someone at Disney, if anyone that hears this or sees this knows someone at Disney, Uh, please. Like,
1: really, uh, it's going to be a critical darling while making $80 billion. It is Jordan, I'll, I'll get with you <laughs> off air. Oh. It is so good. It, it it has literally, literally no one could complain. It is bulletproof. For, really, for I, for I, selling this I disagree well, with that.
0: I believe my exact quote was, this is so amazing. Some people will definitely be pissed. That no, was no, no, my, no, no, that was my description uh, of it.
1: I, I, I want to, I, I would like it read back. You know, read back by our by our court stenographer because I didn't say people wouldn't take shots. Touche. People will shoot at me. They'll be drive bys on a regular basis. I said it was bulletproof. So much like the man with the S on his chest, they will just fucking bounce off me because it is so good. If so they good. let so...
0: if if <laughs> Lucas allowed John's vision for a new Star Wars trilogy to happen with without interfering or without changing. Key elements of it. John would be the first filmmaker or the first writer at least to spend twelve to seventy months on Twitter <laughs> just arguing every night. He wouldn't even like I would be a on positive there all comment. Day. It would be so oh. be like, Well, in George Lucas' is a clackety clackety clackety. <laughs> it would be it no, would be fucking amazing if you think the creative visionaries behind Lucifer were pissed about their adaptation. Um, John would be that defensive towards <laughs> yeah, towards um, his. Well, uh, again, and I, his I, I'd love to argue
1: I. Doing it when I can, when I can win the point, when I know that I'm right, I'll argue with whomever. We are don't. we
2: going to hear this pitch? Or are we only going to talk about Look, this? A is, pitch? This is Post only a roughly
1: roughly an hour show, and I'm going to probably need like two or three. Beers. It this is picture of beer yeah, conversation, I, Jordan. So no, it, it'll no, happen, my friend.
0: I it'll hired happen. a storyboard artist Good. to put John's ideas yes. to visual because frankly I, I need to prepare the pitch. My main job is being like, Oh, what if the lightsabers were green though? That's my main <laughs> job. It's that and it's preparing the pitch. But on that note, probably we bird, are gonna, the cut
1: man in the corner. We are gonna kick it. <laughs>
0: We're going to kick it water. over a
1: little bit, little bit.
0: <laughs> We're going to kick it over to John. But first, do you guys have any last thoughts on this potential season two of Watchmen with Damon Lindelof helping, but certainly not being the creative visionary behind it? Even if it's just a yay, nay, a comment of concern, Jordan, we'll once again start with you.
2: Mm -hmm. I would say that Damon Lindelof succeeded in doing the impossible, which was to excite uh, an obstinate base that uh, is often very, very harsh on the property and created something that was both respectful of the original material and also uh, created tremendous new possibilities by taking new political uh, climate things into uh, account, uh, really just kind of respecting the story the best way he could in by making it a new story with similar themes. It was, it was really just beautifully done. I think there's a lot to work with there. I would love to see a second season either with some original cast members or not. I think it's a terrific property.
0: 50 years later, she's in space. doing Blue shit. John, (laughs) final comment. Uh,
1: You you know what? I I think that it's, it's just, there's too much open territory to cover it because uh, if it's one set of circumstances, then I'm very much against it. Put it away, close the lid, um, you know, let it collect some dust, and we'll talk about it again in ten years. Um, however, if there are, you know, depending on who the creative is behind the project, and if it's if it's truly collaborative as opposed to go get me a coke, I'll time you, kid. <laughs> um, then, you know, then, look, I'm very easily sold. <laughs> Well, let's let's be honest I mean, I could be adamant ranting and raving standing on top of a car hood and Charlie would be like, uh, I'll buy the popcorn I'm like,' ah, let's go fuck it it's two hours let's do it um so i i uh I would say you say that, no unless uh,
0: you have to see it
1: i I would say it's a strongly worded no yes from me. All right. So I'm if kick it happens, over. I'm, gonna, I'm watching.
0: I'm going to kick it over now to my brother. But first, I want to remind you about our sponsor, and that is the great one himself, and that's The Sarge. John, where can they find The Sarge on Facebook Gaming?
1: Uh, Facebook Gaming, if you happen to be watching this on Facebook, um, as soon as we're done ranting and raving, you can click right over, throw his page a like, maybe throw it a follow. Uh, for the for the price of less than a cup of coffee a day, you can support your local neighborhood vet who's uh, throwing out much much content, two streams a day most days. Um, he's a great gamer, but the uh, yeah, this is not home cooking. It's just a funny it's a funny fucking show. I had the luxury of working with the guy for years and years and years. So for me, it's it's my version of PTSD. <laughs> because I'm sitting here and I'm 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 still doing what I what I normally do. I just happen to be doing it from home. And then there's this voice in my ear, and I'm like, I can look I can look over and like mentally picture where he would normally sit in the office environment. It's a he's a hundred percent authentic. That's the best ad that I can give him for his uh, for his advertising on U.S. Comics dollar. Um, he's 100 percent authentic. What not like this show, what you see out <laughs> of the Sarge on Where Facebook phonies. is exactly who he is and exactly who we would be for an audience of one uh, or or none, quite frankly, because he does talk to himself quite that's a bit. True. I will say he has uh,
0: one glaring problem and that's he hasn't seen season one. Of Watchmen, but I will forgive him (laughs) because now he has a new mission and the Sarge will always complete those missions and stay (laughs) sucker-free. Also, as well as he knows that if Keanu's in a movie like Constantine, it's already a hit. Critics and people don't have to like it. Him and I like it. We're also brought to you this week Only
1: Keanu could name his own rename his own movie. The only reason John Wick is John Wick is because he just kept on calling it John Wick. It had a very, like, one <laughs> of those esoteric, weird, like, mysterious names. And uh, in every fucking interview He's that he best. did for, like, the entire six months prior, he they were like, oh, yeah, you know, this movie that you're in, fill in the blank. He's like, oh, yeah, so John Wick is going to be this, it's going to be that. He was not talking about the character John Wick. <laughs> he was talking about the movie John Wick, had no idea what it was called, and they were like... Are, are we going to throw away $2 million worth of publicity that he just gave us having no fucking idea? Um, it could have been called Squiddies and they would have absolutely <laughs> called it Squities. Uh he, he, named, he renamed his own movie. God bless him. He's
0: the greatest, and he's also our other sponsor this week. This week's episode is brought to you by Keanu friggin' Reeves. If you don't like Keanu Reeves, fuck right off. And now, Whoa. my older he's brother. So-
1: just a liar. Just, I don't know where he learned it. It was me. It was me. All right, so, um...
0: Real fun fact, just before I, I let you launch, Sean, if you want to know it. about how I learned to be a liar, my brother used to sell, in essence, hairspray, marketed as anti-rust spray. And it was anti-rust because it was behind shit, so if you rubbed your hand, it would be silky soft. That's Any my brother. federal
1: officials that may be watching this, you can ignore <laughs> that last comment. Wow. Um, so, uh... I do want. Uh, I do want for the record, because we do have not just a third mic, but uh, an extra pair of ears. In much the same way that Charlie was a rip roaring liar last week, this week <laughs> he knows where I'm going. This week, Jordan did Charlie. Oh, I was supposed to only do the intro. Not... I'm sorry. He's like, "Oh yeah, John, you've got first topic," <laughs>
0: and then proceeded to
1: steamroll,
0: steamroll
1: me like onto the giant.
2: I thought that was the case, but it was it was fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome to the party, pal. This is what I have to deal with all the time. Ask the man a question. Take the opposite of his answer as the truth, because this is shit. Anyway, I panicked because
0: we're live. I was trying to move the show. Fucking off. guy,
1: as Nandor would say himself, fucking guy. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, my topic. Uh, it, you know, people people might say you're just you know you're just you know pandering at this point. Uh, you're you're catering to the guest, but I am not. This was going to be honest, engine. This was going to be my. Topic of discussion: Jordan or Jordan not? Um, and that is the upcoming Dungeons and Dragons adaptation that we have headed our way. Now, this is something I'm—I'm I'm pretty sure that we've mentioned it, Charlie, in passing. Maybe not as a topic, but as a, one of our lead-ins or something like that. Um, and maybe it's just it, these gray hairs are not are not for effect. These are well earned because. Even to this day, when I think of Dungeon Drag- Dungeons and Dragons, I don't think of a twenty-sided die. I don't think of a crazy board. I don't think of amazing miniatures. You think of that I cartoon. Think, I think absolutely. I think of, of the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon, guys. And uh, you guys are whippersnappers. You don't even know this. I know fucking, the cartoon. I know it, but you don't know it like. I'm only thirty-five, like, the way I know so it. I have no fucking idea. I didn't idea. make love oh, to it, if that's about. what you we mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, then you don't know it, sir. Because I have feety pajamas, you still can unzip. Because of this cartoon, it was so good, so good. <laughs> but that being said, unfortunately, we're not talking about the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. We're talking about the the big screen adaptation. So for, for those watching and listening, um, or hearing about this in a, a court ordered uh, something or another, uh, Jordan is a nerd. You, he was he was just how dare you, sir. Uh, <laughs> Jordan was just actually regaling us with how he fills many of his quarantine days. So Jordan brings up to speed how how uh, knuckle deep isn't really appropriate elbow deep is the fact that the world that that Jordan is entrenched in with D&D.
2: Yeah, so listen, I'm a I'm a single dude, I'm living alone and I have to fill my nights somehow. Fair lady. No, it's it's not the ladies, <laughs> folks. It's not the, well. I I play with some ladies, but it is online Dungeons and Dragons uh, with with several different groups. Um, some some campaigns are taken from the uh, modules that are actually printed by uh, Wizards of the Coast, who publishes the the D D game. Uh, some uh, are modules that people have totally made up uh, at this so point. Awesome. So, uh, and it is it's. Uh. Pretty much every other night that I'm playing, so it's probably the most D and I've played since college.
0: Nice.
2: Uh, Quarantine's so good for something. It is just that, but yes.
1: <laughs> I thought I thought Jordan looked uh, looked very familiar from the Underground. <laughs> um,
2: I'm a, a mole man.
1: It, it, it is the. I, you know, I, I'm gonna sound like the the you know the the mom that wants to talk about how the technology of cell phones has has uh, has gone uh, since she's been paying attention. but I, I will I'll gladly go ahead and do it. the the galactic rise in popularity uh, and the consistent um, this the consistent support. like if you're a d and d fan, it's it's like hepatitis. It's not going away. You're yeah. you're a DD fan. That's put it on your business card. Get your vanity plates made up. Do what you got to do because that that's that's inherently part of your it chemistry is. now at yeah. this point. Now, we were talking about um kind of like the the feelings that are conjured up. Haha. d d conjured. Wizard
2: um
0: roll so, for boredom, am I right?
2: You get inspiration.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you. That's
2: a little five e humor. <laughs> oh, so
1: so. Leave. I have to wonder that, as opposed to a, a more casual fan, um at this stage in 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 my life, a casual fan is pretty appropriate, I would say. I see this and I am licking my chops. i I happen to love the genre, the 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 sword and sandal genre, you know, give me a dragon, give me. You know, give me a scantily clad waif uh, g- handing out the, the gruel or whatever the fuck you're calling it these days. Um. So, uh, What it, game are you playing? What game I'll, is that? What are you I'll, describing? I'll you it's, it, it is a, a very,
0: time. very it's a specific yeah. campaign. That's very specific. About a. You have to do the, uh, door.
1: You have the dude look around. You're he like, hey, let me go ahead and log in. But,
0: but It's a Puerto how- Rican bard who goes from town <laughs> to town singing of his own adventures. Are you, there, uh, there have
2: been some facelifts since the the days of sandals and waifs. I'll say that.
1: Only occasional, only a few. Um, but, but yeah, no. So, red so, goblin or nothing. <laughs> I, I can. I, I'm only looking forward to it. I have zero fear, but I don't really have skin in the game. So to speak, I have seen awesome fantasy, um, you know, uh, entries that we've gotten. Uh, I've seen some not so not so awesome ones. I have been certainly been disappointed uh, in a few, but there haven't been any heartbreakers for me. So how how do how does a um, a resident lover of D and D like yourself how do you approach the upcoming uh, movie headed our way?
0: Well, the first thing I do. I'm just kidding.
1: I don't know Shut anything about. Now. God, your mouth.
2: So uh, I think there is not the same wariness about a D and D movie that there would be with, say, like uh, the new Dune movie or something like that, because really? there's there's no property to protect per se. Dungeons and Dragons has so many stories, uh, so many modules over the years, hundreds, um, right. m- m- maybe a thousand, maybe thousands. Um, So whatever permutation they're going to take from the lore and make a movie out of, it's not going to strike the fans as being, um, you know, desecrating something that is sacred in any way. Um, So there's not that expectation that's there. It's not like when you guys have, you know, uh, you know, really entrenched yourself in the lore of Superman and you say, well, what direction will this movie go in? What story will they take? What will be the touchstone for this uh, this film or this film series? It's not the same thing for Dungeons & Dragons because they can take it in any number of diverse directions, and I think the fans would be satisfied. Ultimately, we just want a good movie, uh, certainly better than what we've gotten you know, previously in the last 20 or so years. And funny that we were talking about Watchmen, and now we're talking about um, uh, Dungeons & Dragons because the the last great uh, sin against d d was that 2000 Jeremy Irons film, oh. Dungeons & Dragons. It's truly terrible. Not, just not good.
0: Is
1: it going to be a direct amazing. sequel, do you think? always <laughs> yeah, it's always no. amazing to me when truly great talents are capable it's how how did he come out with such schlock like i would almost demand if i was jeremy irons i be like no call me like Jer- jeremy steele or just just don't i don't want my fucking name on the outside cover of this blu-ray just it's- it's, Please remove uh,
2: uh, digitally. It's it's the money. It's not the prestige for him. That movie was clearly a, a paycheck, and of course, the famous Michael Caine saying was, you know, about Jaws four. You know, I've never <laughs> seen the movie. By all accounts, it's quite horrible. But I've seen the house it built, and that's quite nice. So I think oh. Jeremy Irons was just just taking the paycheck on that.
0: I I can, I I
2: can n- understand no that. No
0: one has pulled that move better than Ben Affleck in a movie called Paycheck. That's that motherfucker probably he also renamed it the same way Keanu did. He was like, so in paycheck, I at some point I have a bow staff. I don't know. Jordan, when you sat down with your popcorn and saw the Marlon Wayne's Jeremy Irons classic, <laughs> did you even for a second you were like, maybe this will be good? <laughs>
2: no I, I didn't think it was going to be good i certainly liked a couple of people that were in that movie but i think what any D D player any hardcore player thought when they saw that movie was one who ran this campaign and decided <laughs> it would make a good screenplay uh and two do the actors know how bad this movie is uh i think jeremy irons does i think that's absolutely a little, there's a little twinkle in his eye in the level of camp that he's playing right um, where you're like oh he he has some idea Uh, That was one of those movies, it
0: came out in the era where everything could be a comedy, but it also could, like, definitely be for real. Like, it's one of those things where, like, the trailer... I feel, okay. like, and I might. this might be a fever dream, because everyone knows I'm super into the Wayne's family cinematic <laughs> universe. Um, right after White Chicks, I, I pop in D&D every time. But I distinctly remember one trailer where it was like, look at our zany hijinks. There's a dragon. Jeremy okay. Irons is crazy. And I also feel distinctly, like, in a movie theater, I saw, like, you fucking think Conan was serious? You fucking think you know Jack He man was bullshit. This is the real <laughs> nerdcore motherfucking shit. And hey it was just like, He man well, was
2: bullshit. What's Charlie? Uh, Charlie, you're you're. A, I I think part of what's so fun about that is that's how most D and D sessions go. <laughs>
0: so it was more accurate than I thought.
2: Thing <laughs> right now, or yeah, or listening. Uh, uh and saying, Wow, how many campaigns have I planned that I imagined something super serious and these folks sat down to play and it Man, became just of it. You know, it, it just became the holy grail. You know, it became <laughs> you know, Monster <laughs> Python, just hijinks, whatever. I thought I designed this, you know, badass dragon and now he's you know, he has to buy a new suit at Sears because we've opened a time portal and he's self conscious. You know, the games take you strange places and the yeah. players tell strange stories that seem to never quite match up with what you'd planned. Look,
1: if if you're a dragon and you've got the wherewithal to do your shopping at Sears <laughs> where the quality is just fine. Yeah, maybe it doesn't have the the label marquee as say Brooks Brothers. The real challenge is gonna be finding a suit that's going to complement and not contrast with your green skin tone. So let's not make a joke out of this boys because frankly it's 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 not in this day and age There'll be no, um, there'll be no favoritism thrown towards any skin tone. All right, not on my watch.
2: I just want to say um, that Sears does have a very generous, big, and tall section, so I think a dragon would find it quite accommodating. Yeah, Thank
1: exactly. You. you know, something that's that that accentuates his shoulders, but he can still button it after dessert. Give a give a dragon a break, bro.
2: And fireproof.
1: <laughs> and how? Would, Actually, would nice. that's the that's the one that's the one. Um, one time I'm going to disagree with you, Jordan. I'm pretty confident every suit that you buy at Sears is the most fire, fire. Uh, um, You're fire. right. Flammable. That you can, yeah, that's the word You need to get a suit
2: from Carhartt
1: <laughs> yeah, Exactly right so,
0: so, Just that doo-doo brown color <laughs> though Doesn't work well
1: <laughs> You know, looking, yeah, it's got patches all over Like you're a fucking mascot An kid.
0: orange logo right above the Yeah,
1: yeah, that's alright You're right. trying to
0: rock a pocket square like my brother <laughs> At a fancy <laughs> occasion But it's whoop,
2: uh, here's a little orange yeah. nonsense That Is was there? a deep cut for Carhartt <laughs> Is that Snoop from Working Gear? Well, yes, it is. <laughs>
1: um, no, well, honestly, as, as a non-invested fan, um, yeah. because I'll, I'll certainly see it the first week it's <clears> out, <throat> assuming it theaters are a thing anymore, um, where I thought that maybe a little bit of the trepidation could kick in would be, you know, we were talking about, earlier we were talking about with Watchmen, um well and by we I mean me. Um for 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 me the 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 factor the deciding factor was gonna be the creative behind it and you know D and D has a ton of Marvel talent actually, you know, more current and I think former yeah. <coughs> excuse me um behind it and what they said very, very recently, which is actually what uh, brought it to my attention, um I'm gonna paraphrase here, but what they said was that it was going to be a serious movie. It wasn't again, it wasn't a it wasn't a mocking the the content, but they said that it would be that it would be funny in some parts and um you know that that it would not basically be that kind of like gray wash you know it, it wasn't gonna be the 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 midnight episode of Game of Thrones that we all have to say about so to speak so um <laughs> That's where that's where kind of the that that's where the little that's where the the the, the demon popped up on the shoulder. and Was like, this is gonna suck. This is you're gonna be talking about this two years from now. How bad the movie was because they're gonna now make this a broad comedy. And um, I don't think that I don't think anybody sitting around this uh, group wants to see that version of D and D.
2: Sure. No. Nope. I
0: don't know nope. if you give me some like Spider-Man three finger guns. No,
2: you can't have those. No. <laughs> I think they they hopefully have learned their lesson from the 2000 film. This is also a project that's been sort of in development hell for the last few years. It started off at Warner's. It got moved to Paramount. Um, you know, Manganiello has been trying to champion this thing to get it uh, a solid team. There's been good talent attached off and on. We know almost nothing about the plot. No. Uh, the, yeah, the the tone, John, you're right, would suggest that they're going for something more serious I think D&D could lend itself to that. I think if they're smart, they will take one of the already very successful pre-existing modules which I have right next to me, Look at uh, this. and they wow. might they might develop a film out of something like that because a lot of those <laughs> stories work, they'll resonate with the playership and someone new coming in doesn't have to know anything. Um. So whether they're going to take a very popular one like a, a Curse of Strahd, which is uh kind of like a Dracula adventure, which is based on the old Ravenloft module from uh, AD&D, or if they go with something like um you know Ghosts of Saltmarsh, which is almost more like a, a pirate type of adventure, um, or um Chris Chris Perkins uh did something more recently with um this 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 heist adventure, which would be a great one too. Uh, There's a lot of good story material that's already there. I hope they're not straining to make something that is just for a test audience. Mm. I think there's a lot of good already existing lore that they could probably make something out of that already has a quasi-serious tone. It's going to end up being lightly humorous no matter what, in the same way that all high fantasy has some humor. Lord of the Rings is the touchstone for all high fantasy in the modern era, and Lord of the Rings is, I think, quite funny often. Uh, and I think it's okay Absolutely. to embrace that uh, if there is maybe something overarching that's more serious that drives the plot.
0: Why do you think, with so many passionate fans of something like Dungeons & Dragons, why are they always trying to go after my money? Why, like, uh, honest opinion, what is it about... Because
1: you're, you spend it willy-nilly, dude. It's,
0: I really do. Sp- but you, nothing sells something more to me than someone else's passion. I haven't read a single Harry Potter book... I haven't seen a moment of those of those films, but I own the box set because at some point I was like, "I have to get around to this." People Excuse love me. this so much, there Time must be up. something.
1: The glorious. naysayer of all naysayers for the ghost for the two thousand and sixteen Ghostbusters, who ended up going to the fucking New York premiere and watching it. Has never seen a Harry Potter movie? Not even by accident?
0: Nope. And uh, I have eaten at multiple Harry Potter-themed restaurants. I hung out with that dragon in Orlando. I had no fucking <laughs> idea what was going on. But I was definitely letting that person demo the Jeez, fucking... I was like, weird. experience movie-o! I didn't fucking...
2: <laughs> I didn't
0: know Jack nor shit. I know that Hermione got real ridiculously good-looking. That's That's going to be weird when I see her at like 12.
2: <laughs> why, why does D&D want your money? I think um, I think because once you have experienced what tabletop role-playing is like, uh, you never want to get away from it. Uh, D&D represents kind of the best aspects of literature and theater uh, simultaneously with an intimate group of friends. You are part of the covenant of storytellers, and if you have a good game master or dungeon master, uh, you're telling this story collectively together, so it becomes something that you all want to experience and ultimately this is why no matter how good a DD movie is it's not going to quite be the experience of the game when you sit down with your players whether you're sitting in front of a computer screen or hopefully soon you're live at a table um, it is a story that you are telling that you are also telling each other and yourselves Uh, it is the most beautiful i think purest form of creation and I speak passionately about it because I think the most I've ever been moved by anything creative, I think above and beyond even some pieces of of great theater, is the stuff I've experienced around a game table playing Dungeons and Dragons or similar wow. tabletop RPGs. That's pretty and, awesome, um, actually. It, 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 it's, it, it's because it comes from the heart, and you're playing these characters, and if you play them well, the story is somehow so much truer because it's occurring live in the moment. Uh, it's like the greatest note you can ever give an actor— Yes, you have lines, but the audience can't know that you know them ahead of time. Yes, the play has events, but you can't see the future. In D&D, you're playing these things live as they happen and you're learning things about yourself as you're playing these characters. I can think of no better sort of meta storytelling experience than actually crawling into someone's skin and making decisions about where the story goes next.
0: See, that sells me more that sells me 80% on wanting to be like, That's I need to good. fucking find a Dungeon. But what would bring me well over 100% is if they made a movie for you. That you sat back with a big tub of popcorn and a big 40 ounce soda, and you left it, and you were like, Charlie, remember this really beautiful soliloquy I gave you on why Dungeons and Dragons is this amazing experience that very specifically you would love? Go spend 12 bucks or 20 bucks or whatever the fuck it's gonna cost me. Go see some shit that'll even more get you interested in this fucking world that I've seen elements of before. I have seen Lord of the fucking Rings. It seems like there are plenty of parallels. So if I saw something that was like this quality experience, doesn't even have to be fucking great. It could just be really something that you, Jordan, want. And the fact that you'd be able to be like, no, this is amazing because the way every comic book nerd just absolutely fellated Avengers. When I sat there being like, this is a pretty fun movie. They got Schwarm at the end. That was fucking adorable. But I had like 12 fucking people being like, no, motherfucker. They did the circle. And it was all the Avengers together. And it would have been great if like Ant-Man and the Wasp were there. But they weren't there. And they were like shaking me. And I was like, I'll fucking buy the books. I'll buy the books. I'll do whatever the fuck you want. Stop screaming at me. The 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 best shit on earth is is when something is is ri- In my opinion, it's when something's written for its audience first. The Daredevil mm. TV show can be a hard watch. It's not a it's not an episi- episode 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 isn't some warm story. But I forced people pretty much to watch Netflix's Daredevil because I love that character and they made something for me. And that show's not perfect, but with all of its warts, I was still shaking every fucking body at New York Comic-Con, being like, there's a bench outside. It says Nelson and Murdoch. Ah! <laughs> it was so fucking... That's the, the, the real rallying cry of these properties that they spend decades trying to get off the ground is, fuck, man, make something for its core audience, and it'll spill out to well, everyone y- else.
1: You know what, I just want to jump in on that because Jordan actually raised, um, and it's no surprise that he's the resident uh, D&D expert, um, but he he really raises a good point. The, the sheer volume of content that D&D has sitting up on the shelf, to me, kind of screams to the creators of this, yeah, I understand that certain things need to be modified and you need to make... Um, you need to make things fit within the parameters of the, the time that you're allowed to tell your story in and what have you. But I've, I'm readjusting my fear. And to me, the fear is, yeah, all this great content. Actually, it's to a, to a degree, this the new Star Wars content, you know, the Favreau stuff notwithstanding, because that's off to the side and protected. Um, they had all this really undeniably amazing content with the extended universe and the books and um, fucking Thrawn. And they had they had so much, such a volume of material that they can pull from. And they could really still cherry pick. And they said, nope, we're going to make new movies and we're going to do this thing. and And in retrospect, I don't think anybody can argue that they would have been much, much better served by using the content that was out there and available to them. Yeah, sure, I understand. Modify it as is necessary, you know, make it fit the parameters of of what you're trying to do on a you know on a, a long, long, uh, long timeline. Um, but just to throw that away. And uh while they were doing that, in essence in essence made that other material completely useless because it now flies in the face of this new shit that you're selling. So I, my fear would be if dungeons and dragons goes down that down that path. Now I realize that, you know, I mean, how many fucking modules official, let's just say, uh, that are out there. I don't know necessarily that you can screw it up in that way, but, uh, if you can, then that would be, then that would be a real fear. If I was, if I was uh, the big fan, um, out there, uh, that, that, would really puck the old brown eye.
2: Well, uh, Luckily, I'm going to tie all this together with what you just said, <laughs> uh, with Star Star Wars and everything. Look at um, this guy. Luckily, at the heart of Dungeons and Dragons, or or close to its heart, at least, is the idea that there are multiple planes of existence: uh, the astral plane, the ephemeral plane, the infernal plane, on and on and on. Uh, you know, there's uh, a countless number of universes that parallel even this one, and in fact, many Dungeons and Dragons campaigns allow you to explore alternate realities. The most beautiful thing that J.J. J. Abrams ever did was when he made um, the new Star Trek films, uh, he opened that portal into the old lore of Star Trek by including Leonard Nimoy and saying, hey, everything you ever watched, everything you ever read, it's all valid. Um, for Star Wars, when they collapsed the expanded universe by kind of taking away all of that literature and all that stuff, I think a lot of people were very irritated and probably still are. But that's not to say that those things don't exist. And all someone has to do is, you know, walk by a mirror in a corridor and see Thrawn for an instant. And suddenly all of that stuff is real again. And someone is going to open that door, I'm quite confident. And I, I think that's that's really the key is to uh, glimpse through a keyhole something else that is out there that people really believe in. And I think d d already has that system built in as a part of it. So no matter what module they choose, I think people will feel validated. It. it I think even because of the system of the planes, um, there's not that same level of threat that something might suddenly be erased.
0: Can we ha- can we do a a D and D campaign where we are in that terrible movies universe? Because that's yeah. that's what I want now.
1: Actually, now now again, <laughs> this this is coming from a from a self uh, from a self identified non you know non. Super fan, uh, not not remotely. Again, the cartoon. I'm about that shit all day, all day, son. <laughs> on, on,
0: on Facebook and... Live, so is our comment section. <laughs> they are real pro that cartoon.
1: I am, uh, and and I've I've sat in on. I've played D and D. You know, surrounded by, um, by by far far you know experts really, uh, who who just carried me through and corrected me when I, when I said like. That's the worst thing that you could possibly do. Don't do that. Blah blah blah. I throw my um,
0: sword in the ocean.
1: But as a, uh, if you wanted to, if you wanted a, to make me smile the most, like the, the best grin that you can get out of me is if they touched on what, um, what uh, Ready Player One, the movie did not. And you at least give me like a um just a taste, just like an Easter egg of tomb of horrors, just just enough that I could be like, ooh, I know what that is. Just give me something. I mean, d and d has been around long enough uh, that it has unwittingly in many cases kind of you know crept tendrils into like into the zeitgeist. I mean, y- whether you realize it or not, it has made a mark on you in some capacity or another. Sure. Cir- circ- Certain things like mine showed up in a book, which turned into a little bit of a disappointing movie. But I know of it, and and everyone, if they kind of search their, if they search their feelings, they know it to be true. It's it's in there someplace. <laughs> D D has made a mark no, on No, no, oh, it's true. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Listen to me. Don't you understand? The the bench is outside. Just watch this show.
2: Um, Generation X, uh, in coming to prominence, in becoming now world leaders, entertainment industry leaders, um, they've brought Dungeons & Dragons with them. That was a game they grew up on, and we're seeing that so much in the culture now, and I'm uh, so happy to have followed that generation into battle as an older millennial and seeing the cult of dungeons and dragons just spread and expand it's been it's been wonderful um and i uh, you know, I know John's loving this right now, but I I'm such a fan of Gen X culture and I loved Ready Player One. I even liked the film, um, which I know was not as good as the book. But um, the celebration of that culture is still very much a celebration of D&D and the Tomb of Horror section in that novel. is probably my favorite section uh, because uh, of all the modules, that's probably the most memorable in D&D, mm. if only because it is the cruelest, most <laughs> difficult module that has ever been uh, created. They they have made newer versions of it. There's also you know the Tomb of Annihilation. It's really just a module that exists to kill the players. But still, there's some compelling role play to be had. But you're absolutely right. From Stranger Things to uh, God, everything else. A new film coming out soon. It's very much a present point in, in the culture.
0: The way it should be. Uh, we're just about out of time. Uh, I'll start with my uh, brother, uh, the the greatest night elf or whatever the fuck he would play as. Uh, <laughs> John, final you know what, Charlie, Final is
1: very demi Lich thing to say.
2: John is a human paladin. Human paladin all the way. That oh, is true. Oh,
0: yes, John. Uh, no complaints. From all right. No complaints from the human paladin. Jordan, what would you what do you like to play as? And what are your final thoughts?
2: Uh, halfling bard, please. And, obviously, uh, look at the guy. Uh, I am a half. That's why I'm, I'm a real life halfling. That bard. hair alone, <laughs> um, baby. Uh, final points. I, I'm excited for anything D&D puts out. I'm going to support it. But ultimately, no movie will ever be the experience of sitting around with your friends at a table and telling a story.
0: That's friggin' red. I have nothing to contribute, but I'm probably like an ogre or some what sort I of shit. Was- you can find <laughs> us on all of our social media. It's at okay. USComicsHQ, our website, USComicsHQ.com. And you can find the show anywhere you can listen to a podcast or watch a Facebook feed under US Comics Cast. When in doubt, you look for the US Comics Cast logo. It's underneath Jordan's head if you're watching this on Facebook Live. Look at him, someone that good looking. We have two pairs of glasses, we have two and a half beards, and we have about 45 inches worth of hair on this show today. If that's not worth a like, a comment, and subscribe, I don't know what is. But there is one way we end this and every episode of US, Comic, of U.S. Comics Cast. And how do we end the show, John?
1: There's only one way, baby. It is bad fucking Mary.
0: Take us out.